0: On a Saturday, we're here with some very special guest guys. We're here with Pueblo Pro Choice. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good.
1: good. How are good? Doing nice. Really
0: good, really good. Of course, you guys you guys are always welcome here. Um, let's get some introductions around so everyone could just know you guys. Uh, what's your name?
2: Jacqueline.
0: Jacqueline, what what's your uh what's your position
2: in this? I am a co founder and president of Pueblo Pro Choice.
0: Mm. Okay, okay.
2: Hi, I'm Sydney, I
3: am the vice president and digital director, and I'm also a co-founder of Pueblo
4: Pro-Choice. Mm. And Hi, I'm Monica, I am a co-founder and the executive director of Pueblo Pro-Choice.
0: When was, uh, how, how would you describe Pueblo Pro-Choice in like a sentence? Do you guys have a, what, I don't know what that's called, The yeah. slogan?
3: Yeah, um, so... We're all about reproductive justice, um, meaning that we want to make sure that everybody is getting equal opportunity um, and they're getting the care that they want at the end of the day, um, especially in the communities that have more people of color um, and where things go wrong in in most circumstances. like We see very high, like, um, maternal death rate um, when people aren't advocated for and so that's what we're here. We're here to make sure that people are
4: getting the health care that they want.
1: Hmm. Also
4: to make sure that like people are willing to have babies in communities that are happy and healthy so it's not just like the choice of giving birth or not but actually having a proper upbringing and the the resources available to you, like food and childcare and housing. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, we do a lot with uh, community involvement, reaching out to other organizations, uh, like our domestic violence shelter in town. And really, it's it's not just about you know whether you want to have a baby or not. It's about being involved in the community to help. You make that choice. You're making the best choice for yourself and getting the care that you need.
3: Mm-hmm. We're also here to inform the community, you know, about um, options like uh, Plan B, like where they can get um, birth control, what providers um, will give them access to things like that, as well as um, uh, providing Plan B and making sure that we are a resource that if people need help, we can come and into and um, direct them um, to the. The people who can
2: help them the best.
0: Mm-hmm. How old are you guys?
2: I am thirty-three or thirty-four. <laughs> I don't <never> remember <laughs> which one. Honestly, I think on that one. Yeah, I am twenty-one, mm. and I'm twenty-six.
0: Mm. How did you guys? How'd you guys all meet?
4: Through Facebook, I think. Essentially, is how I mm-hmm. found both of you guys was through Pueblo Pro Choice. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my career is also in repro. So coming to Pueblo I was just like, where are the people who are already doing this work and how can we work together? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah that's how we founded Pueblo Pro Choice. That is what brought the three of us together. Yeah.
2: After the overturn of Roby Way or also known as like the Dobbs decision. Um What
0: what does that mean? The Dobbs?
2: Um, so uh, last year, the Supreme
3: Court decided to overturn um, Dobbs, which is what had, ro- which was protecting um, our right to privacy, and that included our reproductive rights. That's what Roe v. Wade was under, um, and so when that overturned, that also um, made it so um, all of the states could then decide whether or not they were going to allow. Um, abortion, which is a fundamental human right, by the way um, in those states. And so that's when we saw states start to ban or um, enshrine abortion into their constitution. So um, Jacqueline started the group actually when we were hearing rumors, because it's been said for a very long time that that would have happened. Um, and everyone told everybody else not to panic. There's no way that could happen. There's no way that you could lose this fundamental right. And so um, when they started the first hearings, um, Jacqueline had really created the group and had brought us all together to begin outreach, and we did small protests. Pueblo Pro-Choice, I think, is really just built off of a community coming together um, for the same value, which is um, choice.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry to cut you. I didn't mean to cut you off. Also, I noticed that. The Dob the mm-hmm. Dob thing. Um, will you continue off of what you were talking about with that?
2: Oh, it's after um, it was after the Supreme Court, uh, it got leaked that they were looking into re- overturning Roe v Wade, and I, I was upset like so many people. You know, and I got on Facebook and I was looking for like a community that I could share my emotions with. And whether that be you know posting about it spoken word protest and I really couldn't find anything for Pueblo Mm -hmm. Um, so I created the Facebook group Pueblo Pro Choice and from there it's just kind of that was over a year ago a little over a year ago and from there it's really taken off you know we found each other um, and connected now we are a non nonprofit, and we're just doing so much more with it
0: how does the how do you guys feel like the greater public community like reacts to you guys how to how, how do they treat you?
4: Honestly, we've been really well received down here. Um, my organization that I work with is based out of Denver, so it's the question I get a lot is how is it working in Pueblo like are you received and you know we go to chili fest last year that was like our big first tabling event we were at pueblo pride which we're always super well received at mm. and honestly chili fest was so amazing we had so much turnout we got like 500 contacts in the city of pueblo that we oh, wow. keep in touch with we update um but honestly it's amazing we've been well received especially during the ordinance. Um, work that we did last was it December yeah. we stirred up the community and we had so many supporters
0: uh, any like uh, is, so you feel like Pueblo is more pro-choice than it is pro-life
3: so um, statistically Colorado voters um, over and over again vote for abortion rights mm. um, Colorado voters want access to abortion Um, So it's not a matter of if we're well received or not like statistically like Colorado voters do want
4: abortion And that does reflect in Pueblo It is the same percentages across the board I think the only county in Colorado that didn't look like the rest of the state was El Paso County
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting What, What do you think it is about Colorado that makes us vote that way?
4: I think Colorado has always been kind of a hub in the West for people who, especially in Denver, we a little more liberal and the rest of us are out here with farmers and we just want access. So what Denver gets, we eventually get. Mm. And I think that they have kind of set a pace, but I don't know. I think they need more outreach opportunities to get out to the smaller communities and help us. Mm. But I think when we have powerful communities like Pueblo that will demand the help that we want and need and deserve, I think we force them to
2: listen to us. Mm. Mm. You like that. was evident during the ordinance too. We had so many people come out and stand outside of City Hall with us. And it was overwhelming the amount of support we had. And even just like messages that we'd get Like, hey, you know, I can't be there, but do you guys need something? What can I do to help? We get that question a lot from our community, people coming up, what can I do to be involved in this? What can I do to help?
3: Mm -hmm. I think also I wanna add to you asking why Colorado is the way it is. I think we'll never know exactly why, but when see when people see other people taking care of their communities, it really draws more people like that to come here, and I think that's what we've seen over the last um, few years. Like, when we protect um, people in our communities, people want to join those communities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how many people are in the Pueblo Pro-Choice organization?
4: 415 are on our Facebook group. Wow.
0: how many workers or people that are actually like
3: so we are volunteer based right now um, and we are always growing Um, we are hoping and always looking for opportunities to like help our volunteers advance in any way we can Um, so it's really um, the people from our group they come they ask us how they can be involved and um, they come they table with us they Um, provide water and snacks and so much um, outreach even if they can't be there in person they're emailing um, they're calling they're active on our social media Um, so I think that's what Monica means by like it really is like a community although we're nonprofit um, I think we did that so we could have more opportunities and further the group but it's still really just a community of people who want access and are pro-choice
0: Alright. Respect. Um you guys have anything that you guys I know you guys came here with a full with the full plate of stuff. You know, pull out your phone notes.
1: Oh, I'm gonna just friend. check my
0: phone too. I got a message. I don't see if it's my parents or something.
1: Yeah, I love that.
3: Text your mom that you love her. Thanks. <laughs> um so um you're 26 years old. Years yeah. old. I know in the work that I do, um, I face a lot of ageism, um, and I'm not ashamed to admit um, that people do that to me. I know Monica also fe- uh, faces a lot of ageism. Do you ever find that when you're in political spaces or doing forums?
0: You know, I feel like I do it to myself. I'll, i like look at them and I look at myself, and be like, wow, they're they're career politicians. They've they've been on city council, you know, two terms. Like, why, why am I here? But, you know, in reality, you know, I shouldn't think like that. Um, obviously, something's going not right.
3: Right. So,
0: you know, I think um, I think it's good to have younger people in I agree. that setting.
3: I uh, was watching your um, mayoral debate with uh, Forging Pueblo, and you yeah. made a really good point that, like, people want to see normal people be able to run for office. Like, we don't always want to see people who are – only affluent and have, you know, all of the resources provided to them. We do want to see our normal people be able to um, have more of a voice and mm. amplify that voice. And um, I see that consistent messaging in everything you do.
0: Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's just like no one tells you how to have to run for anything. It's I feel, They don't tell you on purpose. No one wants you to change anything. And it is so anything.
2: complicated, like, you know, you have to do the announcement Mm -hmm. and then the interviews and all the paperwork and it is a really complicated process to get involved in it Um, I know like how you were saying how you do it to yourself with the ageism Mm -hmm. I found myself a lot in my head when I was running um, for being a female Mm -hmm. just for being a female and running against men and it was amplified more there, what it was very misogynistic oh, yeah. towards me, um, and I think it's not just towards me, but towards any female running for office, they experience that the men talk down to you, and then being a woman of color, especially, it, I get in, I would get in my head like um, imposter syndrome, yeah, like oh my gosh, is this really what I should be doing? Am I qualified for this? And luckily, I have an amazing support system, and they're always like you know you got this mm. like you're doing this for a reason you're doing it for the right reason unfortunately I did have to drop out due to some family issues and you know my family is my priority definitely but, as uh, it should. yeah it, it, it's a lot of
3: emotional and mental work absolutely and nobody talks about the barriers like if you can't make campaigning your full-time job then you're still working a full-time job or and i still am raising kids like that's such another barrier on top of like how can i go to these debates and do these interviews and work my full-time job and be fully engaged and do outreach and um and so you know i'm really glad that you're out here speaking about it and uh um we're talking to you about it
0: i think uh like the age of, of going to them, obviously you can go to the Monday meetings. The same people are there every Monday. Um, like we need to change it up. We need like stuff like this. They're, they they want to come on here and talk, you know, which is, which is refreshing. You know, you could say whatever you want here, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna censor you. So, this definitely plays a a huge role in it. The, the podcast, <clears throat> sorry, the podcast and interviews and stuff.
3: Absolutely. And I think that's something like that we haven't seen a lot of p- all politicians do yet, is like utilize social media and everything, like um, influencers and whatnot. And we haven't seen a lot of these influencers come forward and want to run as politicians. And so that is very refreshing. All of our current politicians are
2: Old. I was thinking of a better yeah. word to say but not Sarah Martinez we love you yeah. thank you for your heart not work. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is so good to see you know younger people Gen Z Millennials running mm-hmm. because that's who's getting represented now and it's so good to see like I really love how much Gen Z has stepped up and now they're outvoting boomers and So it's so important, like, doing stuff like this, because that's what reaches them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And having politicians that do their own social media
4: is a new thing, too. And it kind of gives you that that insight of who they are more of a person instead of a curated image that they paid someone to create. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, there's, like, thousands of hours of us having conversations that are, like... Probably not good. You know, like, <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but you know, like um, I, I've I've been questioned about it. You know, I, I've everyone could be I could be serious, you know, we could have a real conversation and then we can make some jokes on the same couches. Like we're we're multi leveled human beings as everyone is. You know, it's like there's no reason to get bogged down. Yeah. On a, on well, a, like
4: onions. Onions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like on onions. <laughs> It's a Shrek reference. If you that don't get it, Shrek? I'll
3: watch Shrek. Yeah. I just tried not to keep it in my mind. Um, <laughs> I love Shrek. So by August eighth, you need to get 200 signatures on a petition so you can get on the ballot. Yeah. How is that going? Today is the 29th of June or July.
0: I, I, I thought I don't get, I don't I don't have that paper. I don't, they don't. Wait a minute. Am I messed up on my dates right now? Uh, I thought I got that paper on August 8th. It's due on August 8th?
3: Um, I watched your mayoral video where you announced and that's what you read that it was like that due was... a couple days after the 8th. Yeah,
0: you, you get you get it at the 8th and it's due in 2 weeks after the 8th. Okay. Is what I is what I construed. I have to Yeah. Give making... them a panic attack. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Do you have a plan of action for that? Oh yeah,
0: 200 signatures. Yeah, we'll get I'll get that easily just you know with the with outreach that the podcast does. Um pretty involved in like community events we'll get that and
2: do you plan on door knocking
0: yeah definitely you know um i've i've been contacted by a few other organizations and they're totally willing to help me um i'm, I'm new at all this it seems like they have a little bit more uh, experience doing this um so yeah I'm, I'm really willing to to do whatever it takes i know that we just have to get them to know that someone younger is running someone that wants to change someone that wants to help the community and they'll they'll be interested it's just getting that ear.
2: Mm-hmm. Name recognition.
0: Mm. But yeah, you scared me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you should be on it. You got to be on it. <laughs> well, I, well, I,
0: we can't like start beforehand. That's true. Yeah. So, but we'll, I'll, we'll get it in a day or two.
3: That's exciting. Pretty positive. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. Wow.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the planning is the most important part
0: you know mm. I, I think uh, uh what, what i've what i've been doing i guess to campaign is um recently bought some some pa a pa system going out to public events and kind of just sitting there for hours and hours yeah. and like making it fun but also there's the people that will be serious and have a 40-minute conversation with you mm-hmm. so like it's a good mix
4: and did you buy that out of your own pocket?
0: It's wow. not expensive, yeah, it was like a hundred dollars something like a hundred dollars
4: campaigns aren't cheap
0: yeah they're they're not, but um if you're if you're campaigning physically, like you're wasting a lot of money that's that's kind of not being seen i think it's it's probably all more digital now, yeah
2: but. So I think digital and then again canvassing, knocking on doors mm-hmm. especially um Running for mayor, so that's citywide, so you've got to hit like all the districts, mm. and it's such a process, and it can be kind of scary, you know, knocking on someone's door. Um, but I think it's so important to do that, and you're gonna have those tough conversations, you know, you knock on someone's door and they are completely against everything that you're saying, mm. and you just gotta be ready. Mm.
4: <laughs> We were pretty fresh to the industry, too, when we decided to help Jacqueline run. So yeah. I really resonate with trying to find other organizations and more experienced mm-hmm. people that are going to help us out. Mm. It, it makes everything a little more attainable. And I'm glad that we have some of the organizations we do that are actively looking for young people to help run.
0: Mm-hmm. Young, young teachers, um, I've noticed, are really invigorated. They want to, uh, I don't know. But maybe because they see the youth every day, but I've had a lot of, like, just uh, young uh, female teachers mm. that want to help.
4: Yeah. I think they see the brunt of it, too. It's, like, Colorado's 49th in funding for our public school system. Oh, wow. Well. Um, and I think that is where you see a lot of the heartache and the hardships that kids are facing that they really shouldn't be facing in the society that we live in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the
4: struggles with hunger and, like some kids that's the only interaction they get sometimes their teacher is the be- most positive influence in their life
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's a sad reality um.
4: and I think it's a
3: really scary time for teachers as well especially when we're seeing like proposals for having like school lunches not be free for people like I have met and have had so many people in my life who didn't only got that one meal a day and that was what they were banking on as children and mm-hmm. so I don't think like what Monica said, I see I think they really see like the the brunt of it. Mm-hmm.
4: And they're super underpaid.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those both, both true points? What else you got in that phone? Give me, a, give me a crazy one. Give me. A, let's go crazy, Only crazy. Only four
3: though. pages. It's all right. You but have four we're kind pages. Of going in chronological order, so okay. like from your announcement up until like recent, have, if that helps.
0: I like that. Did, did was this like in a night's time, or would you like were you like planning this? She did it
1: um, last night. This is
3: just oh, wow. kind of what I, I,
4: yeah, yeah. This is what Sydney's <laughs>
3: good at. Sydney does. Wow. <laughs> um. Okay. okay. So in your announcement, you also said the biggest thing you're going to run on is getting the youth involved. Um, and you said that in Pueblo, growing up in Pueblo, you've also got to tackle crime and drug use. Um, what have you seen growing up in Pueblo that makes you really want to tackle these issues? And do you have any plan of action for those?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, growing up here, you're, you're lying if you're saying like crime and homelessness hasn't got worse, but it's gotten worse all over the country but so we're not we're not rare in that but um yeah my my plan would be uh i was i've been talking to i i'm not actually sure his job title he lives in Texas but he does um homeless uh, activism he gathers them and gets their information he's kind of the whole point is it doesn't do you any good to have random um homeless people out there you need to know their names somewhat location where they're going to be have some point of contact because a random face out there is is not helping anyone like we have we need to separate them by category like oh they want help they don't want help they're addicted to something what are they what are they doing like how you know have steps a list a a system a bit of
4: humanizing them giving them like
0: i think just having a a list of these people because who are these people Right.
4: Like there's somebody. Yeah. Right. Um,
3: When you did your interview with Counselor um, Maestri, you said a lot about um, how there are lack of resources for homeless people. And that's a huge issue that we have to tackle Mm -hmm. and that we create unnecessary barriers almost. Like you need to have the paperwork, you need to have a phone, you need to have all of these things to be able to even just begin to get a leg up and i really just wanted to emphasize that that was a fantastic point
0: yeah i i I don't know if she saw that point i don't remember but she was i'm sure you guys have some words about her
2: oh we have opinions
0: yeah <laughs> we'll get into that later
2: <laughs> i'm sure she knows <laughs> them already so. have you seen
4: the memes we've me? made? oh my no, god no i haven't I mean,
0: no. we can pull them up we can no. join the, the
4: group <laughs> <Can> answer <laughs> our <laughs> questions join the group yeah <laughs> find <cool>. out
0: <laughs> how funny
1: yeah
0: but yeah, homeless. It's it's a three part problem. You can't tackle one without tackling all three.
3: I love that. It is very intersectional because if people don't have resources, then they're more inclined to steal for the things that are basic necessities. So mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that point. All right. What do you think? You want to move to my next? Speech?
1: Yeah. I mean, whatever you got. Like.
3: <laughs> okay. So um, I do need. To, I have to ask you about your interview with the chieftain.
0: Oh man, they butchered me.
3: Why? Why? <laughs> what? Why do you say that? And what points did you make in the interview? Do you not think that got into like the actual publication?
0: Um, that, well, first the very first thing that comes to my mind, the last sentence she asked me. Um, her name was uh, Annalyn, Annalyn Winfrey or some shit like that. Shout out you, Annalyn. I know you're out of a job. If you want to work for Street Champs, offering you a job right now to write news for us.
4: Or come work with me, Annalyn. I love you. <laughs> yeah. But
0: um, she asked me, are you going to smoke weed? She asked me if I want to have the other candidates here for a debate because I'm going to set up some debates. And she was like, are you going to smoke weed um, with them in the room? I was like, yeah, it's, it's my house. And then the way she worded it in the thing was like, he said he's going to pass them a joint. Or like He said that he's going to be in rotation with them or some shit, like pass them a joint. Like She like worded it. Where i was like gonna like like i'm kind of an idiot i think So do
3: you think like that's maybe like a part of maybe some ageism that you face like she was younger than me but still i mean i do have to ask that but i do want to ask you about your response video that was not my point on that question i wanted your first (laughs) thoughts but
0: um (laughs) you know i i think uh she was doing her job why she i was front page i was i was on the front page of the newspaper like she was doing her job she got she got a spicy headline if you read the headline it was like i have it hung up right there actually youtube the online headline was way crazier it was like youtube streamer announces candidacy while smoking blunt on live stream
3: but it's kind of iconic like i really heard about it from friend groups who didn't even like follow politics and yep. so maybe all press is
2: good press sometimes i yeah. think from my personal experience with aniline she knows how to grab attention Yeah, she and can that's what you want to do. I mean, I loved my articles, um, both my announcement article and my exit article. Um, I thought, you know, I'm a very open person. I lay everything out on the table and I don't think she spun it either for me or against me. She just said exactly what I said and it came out. I loved them. Yeah. I thought they were very nice. We are Annalyn fans. Yeah. That's so fair. She <laughs> did
4: a great coverage of our uh, pro-choice rally for the Bigger Than Real event we did back in January.
0: That's fair. And um, I, I could, you know, I, I spoke to Annalyn a little bit before we started the whole thing. Like, she's a nice she's a nice person. Um, she did her job, like you said. Uh, but I think it was more salacious than it. It made me look kind of like, like a fool, I think. But, you know... I have it hung up in my house. It's hilarious. It's, public Chieftain is, is no longer. So it grabbed it, a lot of attention. It's
2: a I yeah. did hit the picture that they used of me. Really? <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> Do you think your response
3: to the article was harsh in any way at all?
0: No. I think I was right. I said Public Chieftain's not going to last six months, and it didn't. I, I saw a future. I said that in the video. So, like, it's a dying media If you're writing on a newspaper, like uh, this is getting more views than them at this point.
4: Yeah. I think when they got bought out, that also kind of killed their Pueblo
2: love.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I
2: would say it wasn't local anymore and Pueblo was such a proud city, especially like local businesses. So having a big corporation come in and buy out the Chieftain, which has been around for years, um, I think that they lost a lot of business doing that. It didn't feel good. No.
4: That's one thing Pueblo never responds well to.
3: Right. We really appreciate, I think, all of our local businesses here. Um, I think that's something we hold proud in Pueblo as well as our
2: unions. And so we're a small town with a big population. A <laughs> <laughs> small
3: town mentality yeah. for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I like that. But yeah, was it was it harsh my my video back to you? Do you think it was harsh?
3: Um, I think it was do you, are you going Can I really tell you? You can say whatever you <laughs> want on this show. I think uh, I would have um maybe not the best first reaction either and you're alive, and that's sometimes very difficult like as an influencer like all aspects of your life you're you're showing to others and so um, but it probably could have done without some of, like, the misogyny in the in the beginning.
0: What, what did I say that was misogynistic? Oh, um, yeah, she has a quote.
3: I'm not going to quote
1: all of it. No, read the quote. Read
0: the quote.
3: Because I, well, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. Can I read it? That. Well, okay, because I do want to make a point real quick. So in the first video before you saw the article, you said um, an interesting thing that happened. The reporter was 23. That was pretty chill. And then, once you saw the article, I noticed that then it kind of changed to, <laughs> this reporter wrote this stupid ass story about me saying that, and then you didn't finish that. And then you said, I want to say that I'm kind of disappointed in ho- how the whole story came together, which is not That's anything valid. bad. you have, have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but then you said, this girl interviews me, this bitch, and then <laughs> you said that like some very
2: not you so nice to character and her, yeah. and her looks and, and her appearance. appearance.
0: Oh, okay. I did I did do that. You know, I was you know, all right, that was harsh. That part was harsh.
2: And I think that's something that men do that they need to learn is not okay. Like if you don't like a woman don't come after their appearance because that just makes you look shallow. Or, you Not know, that I'm saying you are shallow. I'm just saying that is what it looks like when you do that. And I, I
0: was like, heated as 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 yeah, I was pretty heated, heated, heated
3: too. You exactly, funny. and uh, you know, a, a big thing I've been practicing, especially like only because i'm 21 but in the last couple of years it's like not reacting on my first thought because there's so many things that i think about doing and saying before i actually like decide that that's not the right thing to do or say and so like just sitting for a second and that's i guess my only advice to you yeah. just make sure that you're right you're, you're
0: totally right on that one and i i shouldn't have said that but
2: it hurts like i had comments um people like i said i did not like that picture they used to me I had uh, comments people attacking my look calling me fat. Oh, looks like she must have missed her abortion date and it got to me. Like it made me upset that people came after my appearance cuz I think everyone is vulnerable when it comes to how you look. Mm-hmm. Everyone has looks in the mirror and sees something wrong. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. And then when you specifically go after and attack someone for their appearance and, you know, just those little things it hurts. Yeah. I think you owe Anna Lynn an apology.
0: I do, but you know, and and I'm not I'm not justifying my actions. I I was I was being an asshole when saying that. It was in the heat of the moment of the of the story that was written about me, and I I thought that she um the way she put my character out there for the entire city to read just kind of made me look foolish, and and, and I, I felt like I was the butt of the joke. For, right. For the and for we the don't day.
3: disagree with like your first reaction. Like when you said like I'm disappointed with the outcome. Like that was very real, and you're very valid to feel all of those things. You know, right in the moment. But um, maybe something shouldn't be online. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: fair. And I, if she's if she wants to, I I've invited her multiple times to come back on the podcast and have this conversation with me. And but she she ignores me.
3: Yeah. Well, here's your opportunity. We're live right well,
0: now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, she knows where I live. You can come pull up right now we could, we could do, actually we're doing an interview after this but after that one
3: okay we'll go on a less heated topic no I mean we could we could
0: keep going I like it I like that you like have the quotes
3: yeah <laughs> Um. so you did um, a street champs versus public city council where you said that you invited all of them to come join you um, but um, Regina was the only one who took up your offer um, and th-
0: it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like i <clears throat> i don't i didn't have contact like now i have like their phone like phone numbers and sh- and stuff so like it wasn't as uh clear right back then but now now that i didn't and i did see her asked
3: to come on on the comments as well mm-hmm. so like that was a good way probably for you to connect and then you were more aware hmm. um but in a couple of the things you've done you've said that you want more of a police presence um i'd just like to know why and more about that
0: i think in the nightlife scene in particular because people are getting shot every single night at every single bar here so like if you go to springs or denver at two in in the morning there's there's four cops like on the busy main street where all the bars are there's four cops right there no matter what just touring so and it's not we don't even have the cops to do that realistically right now we're down like 50 spots or whatever that's why they're offering the sign-on bonuses but really in the nightlife because we can make pueblo like a an event city you know we we have that new brand new amphitheater coming to springs it's gonna bring millions and millions of dollars they're gonna bring huge artists out there like that's a 30 minute drive from here they could get lunch here at the riverwalk and go back up oh. to their, go back up to their concert like but uh, they're scared because they google us and they see everything and they're like oh maybe we'll just stay in springs yeah. So, I, I'm nightlife, for sure.
3: Okay, and what about, like, the people, and we have a large, like, people of color population here in Pueblo, but, like, what about the people who um, are unsafe, maybe around um, certain police officers or just police officers in general?
0: I think that's when the community outreach comes into play. Like, we need to know who's policing us. Let's start introducing these police officers to to the high school, you know, middle school, high school, and then to the greater public. They have that police, like, festival right over here on um on that park i don't want to say where exactly where it is but this park over here um by the 7-eleven so like they're trying to do the community outreach and make their faces known because you're gonna be less scared of like oh that's you know that's that's tom you know i've seen i've spoken to tom but now he's pulling me over so but you're gonna have like a like kind of like a relationship built with him so that- that'll help with the with the fear and stuff
3: and while I wish like I truly could agree with like that, there are so many circumstances where there are black police officers who are police officers, but when they're not in uniform, they're killed by their own, hmm. um, and, and circumstances like that. I was a, a Black Lives Matter organizer before this, and I did a lot of work around Um, and just advocacy with the indigenous community here and many others, and we with holding the police accountable, especially like in 2020. Um, And reading some of the stories, you really question like none of this was justified. What gives somebody the right to be a judge, a jury, and an executioner?
0: I think it's education, you know, like the the police officers are are, our same age. And you know, like I couldn't imagine you know trying to protect everyone in this room you know because like that's what they have to do there are would be the first ones up first ones out there so it's it's like a mental thing too it's you have to train them so they can like fight their emotions and their fight or flight response it's, right. it's it's not one clear answer and it's never going to be and there's there's the anomalies you know people are crazy people crazy people want guns so like there's gonna be crazy people that want to become a police officer just so they can do bad shit you know we have to like weed out these people through what mental evaluations you know tests and it's going to take time
4: and
2: better police training yeah exactly yeah do you think the police should go through diversity equity and inclusion inclusion yeah of
0: course yeah everyone should go through that every single job you would just be a easier person to Talk to
1: you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We were at a Mm -hmm. city council meeting where one of the police unions came in um, because they were talking about the shortage of police officers here in Pueblo. Um, They're saying that, you know, one of the things they needed was um, a raise. And they're saying that the reason they need a raise and they can't get um, more police officers is because morale is low and that management um, doesn't treat them well. Um, And so, you know, I saw. Counselor Winner was like, you know, maybe the first step to treating this is better management. Like maybe more money will only help for a little bit if they continue to leave, but if we have better management, maybe that will be um, something that would help. Also, we've seen success like um, especially in Colorado with like things like the STAR program where they come in and they take some of the load off of the police um, force, and they go and they help people who are in mental health crises and whatnot. Do you mm-hmm. think um, programs like that should be put in place?
0: Yeah, definitely, you know, um, don't send a police officer out there first, you know, send a send someone that can mediate the situation, get them the help they need, because not everything is, the police officer is just gonna escalate it most of the time, um, just by their presence, like you said, it's just social stigma right now. Right. Like everyone hates police officers, And it's it's been happening obviously since the Black Lives Matter, like George Floyd stuff really really spun into action for like the social media age. But it's like no one wants to be a cop like you said, because everyone hates cops. It's like a fact. Right.
4: The same thing about politicians. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Yeah, I I wouldn't even
0: you know, you guys kept calling me a politician. I wasn't gonna say anything but I don't know if I'm a politician. I don't I think I'm just like I'm a citizen. I'm I'm a citizen, (laughs) you know, wanting to make a difference.
3: How can we see these comments bigger?
0: You know, if we usually have a computer guy. Mm -hmm. um, Let me see if I could pull him up over here. Oh, his mouse is dead. Oh, wait.
1: Hey.
2: Oh, there we go. Speaking of misogynistic people. (laughs) Yeah, I called him out. (laughs) Who is it? Oh.
0: I can't see that far. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up the comments right now. (laughs)
4: Can I get bad service in
2: here? Oh, cute. Just because I did say that, you know, I do want to say, explain myself with that. Um, He was someone I was running against. And on my article, uh, my announcement article... He spammed it with his campaign stuff, but he didn't do that to any of the male so, who were running. We saw just a lot of that. and um, yeah, it was. They it, would pile on collectively, would, even on if chocolate. they were like
3: Democratic or running differently. We saw them come together to attack the only other, or I know the only woman running, which is almost concerning. It was like.
0: Like the other candidates, yeah. Yes. City hmm.
3: even if they One's had different city political council. affiliations, uh-huh. like we saw them, that was the one thing they could come together on was um, tearing trying to somebody. tear down the
2: one woman, yeah, in color running.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's not uh, this guy. Yep. Yeah.
2: Oh wow. Well, one of them. <laughs> yeah, one of them.
0: <sighs> no, yeah, Potato Jones up there is cool.
4: Love that Potato he Jones. He does our computer.
0: <laughs> Your. Huh. Damn. Yeah. yeah. No. I. I what i uh we're bringing back to the misogynistic points and the ones that you said i you know i that's fair those were not i shouldn't have said those things um i'm not that person yeah yeah i'm not that person to talk to to anyone with disrespect
3: Yeah, I'm not telling you can't feel like. Please don't take away for like that. Like it's perfectly okay to share like emotions, but like I did, just want to like flag that and make sure it didn't go. Especially like who we are as an organization. Like no way we could have came on here and like,
4: (laughs) not said "Uh -um that if we deep dive. Yeah,
0: it'd be fake. I I appreciate that you you called me
4: out on it. We wanted to actually have a very meaningful conversation yeah. <laughs> with you, Derek. Yeah. But next
3: time I want to put a like menstrual cramp simulator on you and then we ask the questions. Oh, let's so do, do it this think? Friday. This well, upcoming Friday. I don't know if it'll come
4: Friday. Damn. Let's do it like next week. Ne- next Friday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. But we'll do it on live. Confirmed. Love that.
3: Um, what did you think of the um people who wanted to revert the city back to a city manager, um, city council type of thing.
0: The lore I've heard is the woman heading that that um, group wanted to change that, ran for mayor, lost, and was kind of upset. Yeah. I don't know if that's true.
3: So what we can tell you like factually is that Um, We saw this spark after Mayor Gratisar said that if the ordinance went through, he would veto it. Mm. Um, And so that's when I think it really, it might have not been everything, but that was definitely like a component to it. And that was the abortion ban ordinance. Oh, yeah.
0: Regina spoke on that.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And then... um, The way a city manager works is they make more money. Pueblo used to work like that in the past. And in 2018, um, Pueblo voted to have a mayor system. So we are currently under what the citizens voted for. To try to undo that would be undoing what the people wanted, like not listening to the community. Um, but city managers get paid more and they often have severance packages that last for years. Whereas mayors, when they're done, like they don't have any of those things. It's just done. Hmm. Um, and so those are like some like key differences. We did post a thing about it on our social medias at public pro choice. Like if you did want to go check it out deeper, but
0: yeah, I definitely will. And everyone go follow, go follow and like their page. Um, (laughs) hi Jackson, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I've, I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to learning new new facts and new information. You know, maybe maybe a city manager is right for some things and a mayor is some, right for some things and maybe neither of those is right. We've come up with something new like these conversations should be had. Right. So, yeah. I
4: think the other thing you have to consider is that city council chooses the city manager, yes, right? I've if they're not that. voted in. Mm-hmm. And so we would have no say over who
3: and we would have no firing power either. There'd be mm-hmm. no way we could remove a city manager. And mm-hmm. so I don't think
4: that's like listening to the people. We should be listened to. We are the constituents. Yeah. You know, that's their job as politicians is to get up and listen to what their community has to say. And maybe not get up and walk out during city council meetings when people are doing their public testimony.
0: Hmm. Who did that?
4: Most watch it. Oh. Watch. Go to a city council meeting. It happens every week. Wow. I really
3: like your thoughts on the uh, Columbus statue when you were speaking with Regina and how you held strong in those points, especially like um, based on your heritage, how you wouldn't enjoy seeing something that meant like such awful things in your day-to-day life. Mm. Um, and she kind of critiqued one of the current city councilors on his involvement, um, which I find odd because he is indigenous. Um, so it is his fight, hundred um, percent. But I'd like you to speak more about, like, just what you think of the whole Columbus thing. Like, if we did want to get it taken down or relocated, um, would you be in support of that?
0: Honestly, I, I think we have bigger, bigger issues than this statue. Like, personally, like, like you were talking about the, the societal like feelings towards police officers and people of color. Like, a statue let's get rid of it like or let's not like it i don't yeah i don't understand right. you know why it's why it's a bigger deal than it is obviously the the years and years of pain that christopher columbus you know did to the indigenous people of this of this nation but as as a city like i know for a fact we can think of a hundred a hundred better things we can put time effort money towards
2: i i agree to an extent um Yeah, there are a hundred different things, you know, that we put the time and money towards. But there's been such a big outcry from the community. This is what the community wants. Yeah, let's get rid of it. And so as an elected official, you have to listen to your community. You have to listen to the constituents. And they are at city council almost every, you know, every meeting saying... For years. Yeah, for years. And the protests down there are huge. I mean if you want to be elected official, you have to listen to the constituents, and that's what your constituents are saying, is that they want it gone. And as someone who is indigenous, um, of Native American descent from this area, even I had my ancestry thing done, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. (laughs) But um, I hate seeing that statue. Mm -hmm. It's just a reminder of all the oppression and death that my ancestors had to go through. Mm And I would love to see it taken down. And it really stands as a symbol
3: that like white supremacy isn't going anywhere when we can't do something as simple as just removing a statue that harms members of our community when it represents such awful values. We're really saying that like we really are standing in our white supremacist values in this town. And that's what I don't think anybody wants to see that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I just had this thought. Let's get rid of the statue. Let's put a fruit tree right there. Help everyone. Or even relocate it.
3: Like, I know it's an ongoing issue, and I was there in the beginning, but, like, if the Italians value the statue, then locate it to a place where they visit, you know? But maybe it's not so public that it can harm everybody.
0: Put it in the Pueblo Museum.
1: No. You know, have a conversation
3: don't. about also, it. Also, yeah. mm-hmm. a Pueblo organizer. Her name was Rita Martinez. She was a fantastic activist and one of the people who really mentored me in the beginning of my activism journey. But she worked really hard to get Christopher Columbus Day changed to Indigenous Peoples Day. Like mm-hmm. she was really, and that comes, like, you know, that's Pueblo. Like that's it's huge Mm -hmm. um and so we are also one of the we are the last town in colorado to have um a statue of a racist historical figure and one of the last three in the whole country um so again why would we say when we want more people to come when we try to attract more people here we want people to come work why would would that be something that we would want to represent
0: yeah you're totally valid yeah it's it's uh conflated to something it doesn't have to be this right this huge this huge thing right like you said listen to the people people don't want it people don't want it
4: yeah like relocate it (laughs) yeah and i think that's a big part of like seeing regular people run for these positions is if we don't feel heard we're never going to step into a political space Mm. and it's important to make sure that the everyday people in our community do feel validated and heard Mm.
0: yeah i agree do you guys mind if i start this
4: Please. Go ahead. You literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna preface with this with I have asthma. I'm a cough, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm.
3: Hmm. <laughs> 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 He's going cough away from the microphone. <laughs> 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 um. I really did like your point though, um when you were originally talking about the statue with Regina, how you said, you asked her like do you think it's okay then to have statues of Robert E. Lee and other like historical figures um because that really was kind of like a just kind of woke like it was kind of like the perfect response to something like that without um being controversial because that's exactly how people need to see it like yeah, I agree. I'm not only coming for you. I do have compliments. Thank you. Mixed I, I, the... I'm enjoying this.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. You guys gotta come talk on the regular shows. Like when everyone's here. Yeah. You guys have like you guys gotta tell this to them and they'll 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 have different thoughts.
4: Right. Well you'd appreciate it. We love having the conversation. We love getting involved. And like hell come table with us sometime. Yes. I, think I, was, I was at the hip hop fest too.
0: Oh, sorry.
3: nice.
4: Oh, thing, we're handing out own.
3: free Plan B at the hip hop. Oh, that's sick.
0: Oh, what? Yes. That's cool.
2: And free condoms. Oh.
0: Dang, that's cool. Oh, that's fine. You can just.
2: Okay, we were handing them out at Sareth Fest too, and I think both times we ran out. Yeah. Yeah. And we will be at Pride. So that's
4: like, cool. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> at Pride <laughs> too. Come catch some Plan B. You gotta be a volunteer because you're a candidate.
0: But. Oh no, we, I have a. I'm gonna do a table for Street chimes Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a vendor booth. Do. Yeah, but like not selling things. We don't have anything to sell. We just like give away stuff, but yeah. So it's interesting we haven't crossed paths there.
4: It is interesting that we haven't seen each other, but we don't always have enough time to get away from our table. Literally. Like it's a pretty hot topic, and so people are like, oh my God, you're here, you have free plan B, you have condoms, how do I help? Literally. Mm -hmm. They're like, look at these stickers. I almost brought you a sticker today. I
0: forgot it. I could get you some stickers. I would love it. I have a... I have a gumball machine. I put all the stickers dope.
3: on. Where? <laughs> in the bathroom. A well,
0: little next to the bathroom.
1: Um,
2: it, oh, okay. oh, I was like, I was the
0: like You don't eat the gumballs. You don't bathroom? eat the gumballs. <laughs> You'd be crazy if you ate that gumball. Why? It's been in there for like a year. Oh, thank
1: God. All right,
3: You should put some edibles in there. That'd be sick. That'd be really It doesn't cool.
0: work, though. It, like, turns it, and you, like, crunches your gumball up, and you, like, get, like, this shoot up. Pizza. Cute.
1: Put
3: like
4: gummies yeah. in it, though. Maybe I don't know. The gummies might just make it sticky. Oh, gummies melt. It's melt in Heat wave that we're having. Put it in the fridge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Refrigerated gumball machine with edibles.
0: That's hilarious. What else you got?
3: Um, there are some some things we wanted to clear up um, from your interview with Regina because you definitely didn't get all of the information um so first you asked her how or somebody on the chat actually asked her how she met mark lee dixon um we would like to talk about the ordinance we'd like to talk about what it actually meant because there were so many misconceptions and people still don't understand completely what happened i think um
0: can you clarify for the chat who mark uh, is
3: yes mark lee dixon is an anti-abortion activist who resides in texas Um, I'm trying to think of like appropriate nice things that are like appropriate (laughs) say whatever um he was brought here to Pueblo by a group called Forging Pueblo oh and worked with um (coughs) counselor Maestri (coughs) to put together an anti-abortion ordinance now when she says things like you know I just want to protect women what this ordinance did Um, was it pretty much made it so that nobody (coughs) could get the medical supplies that would be used for an abortion, Mm -hmm. okay? But that also, like, there's no such thing as, like, medical supplies that are simply used for an abortion. Like, they're things that doctors use every single day. Mm -hmm. So when that ordinance happened, we saw even Parkview and St. Mary Corwin come together to make a statement on how this would hurt the community and people, even people who wanted to continue pregnancy and how it would have a detrimental effect and they would lose doctors oh wow right it wasn't she just wanted to protect women she wanted to make it so you couldn't get an abortion within the city limits of pueblo um
0: yeah i, I was later informed of the the tool the tool um fact that you told me because you know i'm sure as a lot of male viewers they just we're just not informed on stuff like that like i'm in reality, like, up until now, I wasn't doing, you know, research on stuff like this. People weren't coming up and, and telling me, you know, facts like this, so. Um.
3: And honestly, it's not the municipal government's job to decide at all. And when the ordinance happened, that was Heather's Graham's point. Like, everyone's so mad that they didn't allow public comment. But they there was no reason to allow public comment because um, our municipal government had no say, regardless, because... Um, we the Col- Colorado passed the Reproductive Health Equity Act, which protects uh, abortion access. Mm-hmm. So they would have been going against Colorado state laws and been sued by the state attorney.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as you said, Colorado has voted time and time again for for abortion. So you know, give people what they want. But what was what was also brought up in that conversation? I'm sure you have it. Was um, <laughs> was uh, the nine the doctor? Mm-hmm. that wanted to move to Pueblo to perform these, these post-birth abortions. Yes,
3: eight months, nine, I heard the conversation. Yeah, you
0: know, like, he, she told me that the doctor is on film saying that um, he'd rather the baby be born because it's easier to abort it, I'm, I, allegedly. I'm pretty sure that's that's what was said.
4: The, she fed you a horrible amount of misinformation. Right. I
0: don't know if she... N- Low-key, like, I'm not sure... If, I heard that somewhere. I'm, right. I don't even want to put it in her mouth, but
4: okay,
3: yeah. But that was just something you heard. Um, so we aren't here to speak for the clinic in any capacity, so we are not going to do that. Um, but what we do know is that is just wildly untrue. <laughs> mm. um, point blank period. She also said, like, um, you know, she described, like, how inaccessible it is to be able to have an abortion. And um, she described what they call an abortion fund very wrong. Um, She made it seem almost unattainable when often most abortion funds don't look at how much money you make or where you live or anything like that. They just want to help you get access. Um, It's almost like fear mongering we hear a lot from the anti-abortion side of things um, made to scare people Um, but at the end of the day um, abortion pill there's um, abortion pills and there's the surgical procedure but abortion pills it's um, a pill regimen and it's safer than Tylenol and oral surgery and so many other things yeah
4: yeah like um there's a lawsuit happening right now um, for the FDA approval of methoprestone, which is the first... Will you just pull that mic a little bit closer too? Yeah, sorry. Um, which is the first pill in the medication abortion process, and it has been safe and effective for, like, the last 20-plus years, and it's the first time anyone has ever tried to go after the FDA approval of a medication. So it's, like, uncharted territory, and it's a continuous attack that we see from like the same groups that come through these municipalities are going to a federal level trying to attack abortion on all sides.
3: Right. So when you talk about Mark Lee Dixon, like that's what he does. He goes to small towns, he finds the counselors that support um, anti-abortion views, mm-hmm. and then each passes ordinances in each town trying to oh wow. slowly outlaw abortion, which is unrealistic and it's so harmful. He's also a self-proclaimed virgin, and I'm going to say this, but, like, you have no right to be in anybody else's reproductive organs making any kind of say, even if you weren't a virgin.
4: (laughs) Especially when he's going through smaller communities like ours. Like, Pueblo is a hub of resources for the entire southern Colorado area.
0: That's what I was looking for, yeah
4: people who drive from Alamosa and Salida and like a lot of the valley that come and get their help here and if you're to ban that access here mm. you're you're screwing half the state yeah. and we are here to help expand access that's all we want is to give people safe healthy options they
3: mm.
0: mm-hmm. just is it burning on the couch
3: no. thank,
0: thank God. these couches have been through some the ringer but um yeah you guys are, you guys are right Um, uh, yeah the, the nine the nine month thing was like really shocking i don't
3: that's not true and that's no, how it's that's supposed fair. to be like shocking like jarring you know mm-hmm. like make you want to resent mm-hmm. it and not learn about it and not be educated they but, go for
4: the heartstrings but it's
3: really yeah. a ripple effect like what we're seeing in texas now people who want to continue their pregnancies and things go wrong are now unable to reproduce at all and almost ending up dead and septic because they can't receive what would be considered abortion care Mm -hmm. but it would be it's a fundamental human right and so
4: um it's wild it's insane and then the doctors are scared to perform any sort of help for these people like they have to wait until they are almost on death's door before they can say okay, I can give you this care or this care, but at that point, the doctors could still be sued.
2: Imagine having an emergency, like, let's say you cut open your femoral artery, and you go to the emergency room, and your doctor tells you, I really want to help you, but I need to call my lawyer first to see if that's okay. Right. Like, that should not be happening. Or, like,
4: I really want to help you, but I can't until you're almost dead. Like... And then it's so far gone that women are losing their reproductive abilities, and they are losing their lives, and it's not okay. It is making things less accessible, and we are harming people. And but we're also
3: seeing, as an outcome of this, a growing consensus that we need abortion care. Like it really is, even in um, places you wouldn't expect. Like we're seeing so many people come forward. Like, hey, we don't want our community dying.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I I've, I basically, I've always been uh, pro-choice. You know, it's never, it's never, ever my place to tell a woman what to do with her body. Like, I've known that since, like, a young child. So I, I don't really understand, like, the whole, like, thinking. I don't know, where it's. It's where really hard. At. Our
3: generation doesn't agree. One of my favorite things about tabling, especially in our community, is the amount of, young people, I mean, like, I do want to say we are learning from our OGs every day, like we're continuing the work that they did. And so we're always talking to them. But it's so refreshing to see young people come up so excited to get like a fuck abortion ban sticker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're so intent. And at this point, we are out voting the boomers. And so it is really important that we continue to educate. Um, our generation so they can make informed decisions when voting, when getting reproductive health care, all of those things, when receiving gender-affirming care, everything.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I think that educating is so important because there is so much misinformation out there, especially from uh, crisis pregnancy centers, a lot of anti-choice groups. They, They try to do that shock value like we talked about, telling you that we're reporting babies after birth whatever it's simply not happening mm-hmm. it's something they use it's a shock tactic it's fear tactics um you know having the big billboards up showing yeah. you what they say is a nine week fetus and that's it's not
3: and it's white like they could have used a regular ultrasound but they photoshopped it to be a white fetus you can't see color in the womb you know what i mean so like the misinformation goes so far like some people don't even realize like how far it, it goes
4: and that's something that's happening a lot too with the restriction of resources in other states so many birthing people are coming to colorado and seeking resources and they end up and i mean i call them anti-pregnancy centers or anti anti-choice anti-abortion centers yeah. excuse me <laughs> um they're not even Pregnancy Resource Centers really, but. We'll explain it all. Yeah, we will get through that. But uh, um, I'm they.
0: Just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I have to text this, I was gonna interview this band at 3.30, I'm gonna text them and tell them, hey, let's push it back to four. Okay. Just so we can get um, this whole thing.
4: Yeah, but they, um, they'll um they come to places like Pueblo and end up at like a crisis pregnancy center instead of an abortion clinic. And it further delays them getting access because you research, you go online for a long time, you looked up abortion on Google in Pueblo and the first thing that came up was the local crisis pregnancy center.
3: So an anti-abortion center is um, a center that doesn't have anybody who is actually practices medicine. They use one doctor's like certificate and then they make multiple clinics. Like it is fairly concerning um but they often say like we'll give you a free ultrasound, we'll give you free pregnancy tests, like yes, we do provide abortion care, but once you're there, they sit you down and they're like, "Well, you need to oh, watch baby. this political propaganda." Or they make you or or they make you watch like anti-abortion videos um and try to persuade you out of your decision oftentimes.
2: While they have you hold this little baby so figuring accounting. in your hand mm-hmm. and then they make you watch and that's like it's like they're shaming people yeah. like shaming them into continuing their pregnancy if that's something they want to do then by all means get the resources go through with it. i had two kids you know but if it's it's their choice whether they want to continue it or not and uh what they do is harmful to the community
4: and i've never been somewhere where a medical professional or a claimed medical professional tries to persuade me one way or another on the care that they're giving me they usually just point. tell me what the best option for me is mm-hmm. and if i don't like that option they give me another one
0: yeah that's a that's a great point it makes sense though um just the scaring tactics you know make it tangible um yeah, abortions. Th- that that propaganda has been, uh, ran through like thousands of years of, of stuff. So like it's people they've got it. Like, Just since down.
3: the '60s, actually, like uh, the whole anti-abortion thing really wasn't a thing until the evangelicals realized that they oh, could right. convince um, their people to vote for Reagan if they had a an, a, an agenda. And so, if you watch the documentaries, you really see we all hate Reagan. I need a shirt, but <laughs> <laughs> you really see like how that happened, and it is really just then.
4: Um, what
0: that, about that like abroad like in other countries? Like, what's their abortion?
4: There are some countries that have phenomenal abortion care, yeah. like Japan. Or there's a conference that I was looking at going in Berlin because they have some pretty incredible. Healthcare systems that I feel like America could learn a lot from. Mm-hmm. Also, we're seeing like a lot of responses from other
3: countries since our decision, like France making sure it's enshrined in China, their constitution because of what they saw happen here.
0: Mm. It's good to know. It's good to know what other people are doing. What else you got in there? You're looking for. <laughs> a, what, <laughs> give us <like>, a <laughs> crazy
3: one. <more>? Mm. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So let's talk about the forging Pueblo mayoral forum oh yeah um, do you feel like your values align with forging pueblos i haven't
0: I had never heard of them up until that they didn't tell me that there was a debate up until like three days before maybe like four, but they gave they sent me they sent me like this packet like to fill out I didn't fill it out. I just read it online and and spoke about it, and then they used that uh but no not at all like it was it was a church for a mayor debate you know that was already like a red flag um right they, they were like the first question everyone asked me was like do you believe in god it, it, well I, I i do believe in god right. i you know hopefully there's a heaven like i would love to go to heaven and chill with all my dead relatives and dead yeah. pets that'd be cool right. but no yeah I, I i don't think they do but it's my first time doing anything like that right. so you know my eagerness and uh uh my eagerness and kind of like being a novice was kind of showing but i think like i said it's it's refreshing every everyone else in there was singing the same song you know i was i was changing it up and i think people enjoyed that
3: yeah um yeah because um two people you've been involved with like uh, counselor maestri and mm-hmm. forging pueblo have been some of the the most anti-choice people we've like are obstacles almost oh wow um and so we were a little bit worried <laughs>
0: oh yeah no no uh, it's funny they're they're the they're the ones to reach out yeah you know oh. and you guys you guys also reached out so like
3: yeah um, you said that you were going to donate three-fourths of your mayoral salary to scholarships and community grants. Have you created these scholarships, or do you plan to just, like, give to them? Um, what did you mean by that?
0: Um, well, first, we we lose a bunch of graduates um, from high school and college like to Springs and Denver, so we need to give them grants to make them want to start their small businesses here instead of feeling the need to go out there. So if we, you know, if we give them, like, a startup, you know, Five thousand. That could get any business. If five thousand would change, you know, my small business tremendously right, right now. I'm sure you guys all have ventures that you guys could use some money for. Like this is our
1: venture. <laughs> this, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Like five thousand dollars would change your organization right now. Just, right. just spend it any way you want. And um, you know, doing small stuff, what we think is small, but in reality means the world to someone. That hey, my city like saw this in me, so I'm I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna I'm gonna tough it out. You know, because we're fighting, we're up, uh, an upper, uphill battle right now you know to to in our own state just as we don't think like oh you're from pueblo you know that's what people say oh you from pueblo all
4: the time yeah mm-hmm. or they apologize yeah so and we, that infuriates me mm-hmm.
0: but once you know once we start invigorating you know small business you know we could we already have like a beautiful um artist scene so we we could really be known for that and it just takes a little bit of investing from the city and i'll be the first one to do it the mayor makes one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year which in reality uh i was told mayor gratishar made that number mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um
3: he confirmed it with me on the phone yeah it's
0: a it's a lot of money and i it's I,
4: life-changing
0: yeah i could i could live i live right now like on probably like twenty thousand dollars a year so like i i could live comfortably on something like that and i know i could change people's lives right just by doing stuff like we
3: that. we need people like that that's exactly yeah. what we do we throw ourselves a hundred percent into it because
4: we do just want to help mm-hmm do you have any plans on addressing how the city would distribute its funds maybe to help smaller businesses or students or do you see anything that's an issue now
1: hmm
0: you know i i'm not i'm not informed of how the city is like donating to small businesses right now um i am I, one of the big sponsors we have is big bear they're the largest distributor of, of uh, Alcohol and beer in this in southern Colorado, so he tells me, um you know his his plights with it. Uh, I know that Pueblo is going to get a like an eight million dollar riverboat that that I'm ai guess is going to have restaurant on it and something like that, but it's going to have offices that people are going to rent. I'm not really sure the exact idea. I'm sure you guys. You guys <laughs> the gondola
2: is you, that what it is? Yeah, but it's like, it's like huge. A boat house. Yeah, yeah it's a boat house. boat house.
0: Yeah, it's like eight million dollars, I guess. Um, so, you know, maybe that's not the best idea.
1: Right.
0: But, you know, if maybe, but maybe it's a gr- good idea, like, for future businesses, if kind of like the fuel and iron hull. Mm-hmm. Like, they have six businesses in and out. They're going to ch- be changing, I guess. You know, that's invigorating these food trucks to get to first brick and mortar, and then they're going to branch off and do something else, hopefully. So if that's the idea with the riverboat, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But.
3: I feel like they could work on empowering the current community before they move to try to attract more people here. I yeah. think that's a huge part of it, especially with like what we saw with like Fuel and Iron. Um, it's local, and that's what people like. like we want to support locals, so put money into those and, and show other people that they can have local businesses here mm-hmm. and make them want to come do that.
2: I love Fuel and Iron. I go there yeah. probably once a week, I mean. um, talked to the general manager, and she was telling me a little bit about their hiring process there. So what they do is they hire students, uh, culinary students. Oh. And there's actually, I believe she said there's like a grant or something, so they, the students get paid that way on top of their wages. Yeah. So they're actually making livable wage. They do offer the housing on top. Like The Fuel and Iron has done so much for the community and for young I can't say that word entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs yeah <laughs> getting <laughs> off the ground you know uh, culinary student starting off as a line cook or a dishwasher and then moving up and getting that experience it's so important
0: yeah I agree I agree uh did I you looked at me like I should have just continued that no okay okay <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, I want to highlight something you said here because I really think it's important that we do because we're a reproductive justice organization. But you said, what's going to change Pueblo is when we have young, educated people, people of color that want are going to want to stay here. We need to make that a viable option. Yeah. I love that. I agree.
4: We want them to stay here and raise their families here and put into the community the same way that we are. Yeah.
0: I second that still yeah, you said that <laughs> and we appreciate it
4: yeah that is a repro justice stance right there mm.
1: this guy
2: yeah
4: i honestly haven't listened to the song i don't know i just know that everyone's talking about it
2: i didn't even know who that person was until i saw it all over tiktok and i still haven't listened to it i mm-hmm. really looked into it <laughs> like, I, like I don't like country famous. music so well, That's fair. <laughs>
3: I just want to say, the only thing I want to say about that is you don't delete things that you aren't guilty for.
0: Oh, he deleted the song?
3: He deleted parts of the video and and things like that. So I don't think guilty people do that.
4: (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Or, (laughs) yeah. Or non guilty. So. (laughs) Um. Let's talk about marijuana. Let's do it. Um, so at the Forging Pueblo, I understand the situation you were in there, because I can't imagine walking <laughs> into that blindsided, honestly, like that it's three terrifying. days before. Um but we would like to have a more open conversation about it. There you said that um, it's a two-sided coin with marijuana and that you, we really just need to keep an eye on where the tax money is going, which I really appreciate. I agree with that point. Mm-hmm. They told us that the tax money would be going towards schools and all of this, and I want to see it.
0: <laughs> I guess it's yeah. illegal for it to go to schools, is what I was told.
3: Oh, then they shouldn't have led with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, can't. You can't donate like, marijuana funds to schools. Right.
0: Because then they, they just, I don't know, I forget the exact naming of it but can't do it. right
3: but you also said that we need to be moderate moderate uh, sorry monitoring um, access with the youth so could you just talk about more like your stances on marijuana um, well I'm, I, like
0: that. I mean like I I'm pro marijuana everyone on the everyone on the debate was saying that marijuana is a gateway drug for all these homeless people that they see that the there's the um, you know legal marijuana here and then they they get introduced to, to their their think fentanyl is the main issue. It, I mean, obviously it is, but
3: it was a hard watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think
0: I don't think marijuana is leading people to try fentanyl, um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pro marijuana. I think we just have to be more diligent with the money, and uh, yeah, with as far as the children go, yeah, I don't want I don't want like a bunch of little kids smoking weed, but uh, it's just it's in everyone's house now, so it just makes it more accessible. Right. Like, mom and dad just have, you know, little gummies in their side drawer, you know, right. if I, you know. Period.
3: So. All right, this one's a spicy question. Oh. Um, do you believe in the separation of church and state? Yes. Okay, then why did you say this? <laughs>
1: you
0: gotta look at where I was also. I was very nervous. Like, I fucking, I was. This was
4: I, a tough comment to, to digest. <laughs> I,
0: I said, I said, keep God in schools. I said. I'll read everything. Okay.
3: So, um, when you were asking about standing for the pledge in the prayer, yeah. um, your answer was, "In God We Trust." I think we need to start younger. We need to keep it in the schools. Christians are known for being forgiving, being and being kind. We need to live that in our day-to-day lives. We need to have that in our government. If our leaders aren't living a good life that a good Christian person would live, then they're probably not treating their community with the light that Jesus Christ would have wanted. I think we should leave it how it is. In God we trust. As a nation, we're built on that, and that's what keeps us strong.
0: I think the morals, you know, kindness and forgiveness—that's a great like moral to live your life on. Agreed. You know, if if people in the government were were more kind and more more willing to I guess forgive is not really the right word for her. But, like, just more kind than we wouldn't have.
3: You know, and I'm by no means attacking, like, your Christianity or anything like that. I really just want to know more about, like, um, starting younger, like, in schools and, like, um, keeping it in the government, especially, like, when there is that separation of church and state. So that's really, like, what I was addressing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, obviously, you know, don't don't, like, go overboard with it. But I think, you know, just having the emphasis on, you know, there's good, there's good moral pillars in religion. You know, it's, it's like faith, you know, strength, you know, persistence, you know, believing, believing in something, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all going to be okay in the end. It's just like, it's comforting. And, you know, it's, there's, it's a scary time to live right now. You know, people are going through so much doubt every day and it's, the pillars are there. I'm not saying go extreme with it, but. I, I want a community that's that's more kind and more forgiving and, like, everyone's nice to each other. That
2: has those values. Yeah. yeah. I think we can do that without religion. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think an atheist would make a bad elected official because they don't have religion?
0: I think I – if they're an atheist, um, I would I would like my elected official to have, like, kids. I want them to have a stake not just for themselves because – it's easy to get wrapped up in this, you know. This this is all about me and my generation. In reality, like it's you're gonna you're gonna be gone here soon. So like we need to have some sort of you need to have some sort of foot. Like I'm setting the ground rules for, for the future oncomers. You know, it's it's easy to just to just say it's all about me. So.
2: So I raise my kids without religion, and I teach them to be kind and respectful and loving, mm-hmm. and I don't they know about religion. It's their choice if they want to believe or not. But I think it's just how we raise our children. I don't think we need to bring religion into it. I definitely do not think religion needs to be in schools, especially uh, because we're saying religion, but what we're talking about is Christian. Yeah, yeah. And not everyone is Christian. Mm. So I think it needs to stay out of schools. It needs to stay out of the government. And people should just be kind because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it
3: just needs to be respectful both ways like i can respect your freedom of religion as long as you expect like respect my freedom from religion mm-hmm. and like that's that uh, equal give and take i don't think we're seeing um in our government
4: lately mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of conversation about like organized religion and the way that it's being organized and what the motives are behind it um, there's a big rise of christian nationalism in this whole country and it is terrifying to watch and it's hard to tell when someone is just about their faith and when they're about control and we have so many
3: conversations and especially around the time of the ordinance one really (coughs) stands out to me in particular but a woman who was the opposition but she came up and talked to us and she really seemed like she understood where we were also coming from and so i think it's it all kind of ties into each other like um like i'll respect your choices as long as you respect mine yeah
0: definitely that's that's what i I would hope everyone lives their lives yeah so
4: you would hope
0: yeah (laughs) but as far as the rest of that comment goes you know like i like i said um Previously, like I was, I was nervous. I've never done anything like that before, and it was this huge church. the The crosses were like 10, 10 feet tall. Like it was huge. There was two right next to me, you know. So it's it's hard. And everyone in the room was sixty plus, so it's hard to to get these like really you know minute details where I could explain this, to, you know, in this long form, this three hour conversation we're gonna have. But to get, to to bring this down to two minutes it's impossible to to let you know that that I'm it's impossible to let you know every way I'm feeling about religion right in two minutes
1: no that's so fair
3: and we have um like lots of groups who are religious and pro-choice like it is it is very intersectional in so many different ways for so many different people and maybe it's not for us to understand all the time you know like maybe you can't explain it and that's perfectly fine but we're still going to respect you for having that point of view
4: there are also lots of people who are religious that are pro-choice it is a it is a community and we have to remind people that it's it's about human rights and you can believe whatever you want to believe but at the end of the day we shouldn't be restricting people based off of someone's religion Mm -hmm. Um, I work a lot with Catholics for choice and like one out of every four people that have had an abortion is Catholic. Oh, wow. And that that is a national statistic that they, they have all of the research on and I can send it to you if you want.
2: Not, I was raised Catholic. My grandparents are both very religious. But my grandma is very pro-choice and she's actually like, they're the ones who taught me about feminism and, you know, activism and stuff. So... He said, I'm not against religion, like Sydney had said, um, freedom of religion and freedom from religion. Right. And I think what we really
3: are getting, like, away from is we're talking about, like, extremist Christian nationalism at this point, where we're seeing it hurt people by... Banning abortion, um, or by gender affirming care, right? We're seeing that hurt communities, and I don't think anybody, no matter what you believe in, wants to see people hurt like that. Mm. Um, and so, I think that's like really what we're trying to get at. Like, we we talk to lots of people. We are a nonpartisan organization and group um, who are Republican and pro-choice, and you know who are independent and pro-choice. And it really is just, it's not political
0: it is a human right yeah i agree um yeah that was a long quote i like that (laughs) but yeah i i will stand on that i i'm the pillars of life you know you you're raising your children with those pillars like that's that's amazing and having children it makes you it 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 makes you realize like this i'm not going to be here forever and i need to set these um young young people up so they could have the best successful life that i could leave for them yeah yeah
4: yeah. that's a repro justice standpoint Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) welcome (laughs) brother okay that's it all (laughs) my hard-hitting questions i have another one when you are in front of audiences that you're unfamiliar with how do we know that you're going to stand firm in these same beliefs no matter who you're talking to it seems like you get along with us really well and you agree with what we're saying but we watched the forging pueblo interview and that's not what we saw
0: i was i was pro i was pro-choice and i know know.
4: not just pro-choice though Mm. just like i guess it's hard with the time constraints but have you considered like having some strong talking points that you stick with all the time so it doesn't seem like you're shifty
0: well, I, it's not that I'm shifty. It's that when you present me with new information, I I have the freedom to be like, oh man, this new information is really eye opening, and I, I I can have a difference of opinion. I don't think it's I don't think it's being shifty. It's it's being like I'm a person. I, I'm I don't know it all. I'm never going to claim to know it all, and you know that's why we have this conversation. So you guys can teach me things, and yeah, it's not that I'm shifting. It's I'm being presented with 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 with, with information.
4: I said seem yeah 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 no i I'm not but but also we appreciate people who are willing to get in and ha- like get in and get your arms, your hands dirty, and yeah. like talk with us about the problems because we're never gonna fix anything unless we actually talk to people about what's going on,
1: mm-hmm. yeah
3: these conversations are so important, and I asked some really menacing questions today, and you're really not good scores, so. they weren't
2: sport. that bad. <laughs> I think more people need to be having conversations like this like if you're with your group of friends you know don't talk about the i mean you can still talk about taylor swift Eric or the concert, barbie movie or the barbie movie but have these conversations more people need to be i don't want to say involved but educated on politics and who's running and their stances because that's what's going to make a change mm-hmm.
4: yeah. and be willing to like call your friends out Sometimes they just don't know. Yeah, and relearning is so
3: hard. Like, I do want to put that in there. Like, I've been relearning, and my significant other has been relearning, and it's a really hard process, but once you get through it, like, you're really, you're really a better person at the end.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Like, uh, you were talking about the diver- diversity training. Like, I, I went to diversity training in college, and that really opened my eyes just uh, to just everything.
3: So what did you go to college for?
0: Business marketing and graphic design.
3: Yeah,
1: It was... you use okay. that degree. Yeah, I feel like it's really
3: undersold. Like, nobody really talks of, like, especially, like, when I was watching, like, the debate. Like, no one really talked about, you know...
0: Well, they went to college 50 years ago, you know? <laughs> right. So, like, it's... <laughs> when it was $200. Yeah, it's hard for them to relate. A
4: dream. <laughs> when <laughs> it was <is> free. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could see why they didn't bring it up because they probably can't, like, remember what it was like to... Right. To be, you know, like up and coming and not have not having it all figured out and you know but but wanting to to do something right
4: a lot of people can't afford to get involved in politics until they retire
0: yeah i it's i haven't paid any money into anything it's free to run for mayor the paperwork's like not that crazy um but yeah i have free campaigns so far i feel like i have a fighting chance i know i'm gonna win um come january inaugurated or whatever it's called
3: yeah yeah that was some really good advice i think that's like one of the good things regina told you is not to say like if i win but like when i win i really like that yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah she's and you know you guys have had her um you guys problems with your organization with her but she's she's one of the ones that's that's reached out and she's always been constructive like really nice uh she wants to come on like but you know right we, you could you could change up
3: no, yeah, we definitely don't know her personally only from the work we do and, and unfortunately what we saw and what we continue to see is a, a bad side to that, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um,
3: that's Pablo for you though. <laughs> yeah. Any
0: any anything else you guys want to get off your chests?
3: No, <laughs> I'm actually done, girl and yeah. Do you have any questions <laughs> for us?
0: Yeah. Um Let me drink some water. Yeah. You know, oh. <laughs> I I was like like nervously drinking this whole time i know <laughs> now nah, it's cotton mouth but um so with with the whole with the whole candidacy thing um are you guys are you guys reaching out to any other candidates i i don't think any of them align with you guys if i'm like
3: um so here's a big thing and i'm gonna say this out of my mouth like if you were misogynistic in any way during the race that we were holding we really don't have much interest in having conversations with you um but we are willing to just um it won't be as personal as this um and and i think that's a struggle we find because it is on both sides like a a lot of people talk about the misogyny and the racism even from older people who claim to be on our side So we don't really know yet. We have a few people in mind, but we're not sure. Mm -hmm.
4: We have talked on our C4 side of developing an endorsement process, but it's not something that we have quite mastered yet. We're still taking some notes from some people and kind of learning our way before we put something out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do plan on, like, allowing people to reach out to us if they want an endorsement from Pueblo Pro Choice. I think we just fell on a unique opportunity here where you have a podcast and collaborated with us. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, you guys are always welcome here.
3: And you're so open like uh, we haven't seen some of the like fake put together appearances from you, so we were like okay, we can have these conversations without feeling like we're going to take repercussions or like get some crazy backlash. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> the
0: the community really enjoyed uh they've been really receptive to the whole podcast been doing it for like two years now we just hit three thousand subs last night what
3: made you want to start a podcast a
0: start. um well i went to i went to college i graduated 2019 december right into COVID of 2020 I, lo- I was working at a high school tutoring at-risk students like some of my students like their parents got deported they brought guns to school like, like stuff like that right. so i lost my job um so i moved back i was doing graphic design for that that country music festival Bands in the backyard yeah. I did the last one ever Tommy Jarone died right yeah. um, so I did the last one and then I was out of I kind of kind of quit but also like kind of got fired he was like I'm not gonna pay you for the last because I didn't I did designs every single day and they were like we didn't use a bunch of these I was like well I don't care you, you still gotta pay me they didn't want to pay me <laughs> so I got fired <laughs>
2: <laughs> if the shoe fits <laughs> and it fits
0: but, um, yeah, I got fired, so I had a bunch of spare time on my hands, and then I started this, and I was the best. Quitting slash getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to my life.
4: I love that. Sometimes that is. That's so hard. Well, mm-hmm. you do on a new path sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now here we are.
4: Here we are.
0: <laughs> what else? What else we got? Um. You guys will be back next Friday. Bring back... Bring the...
4: Yeah, we'll get a period cramp I simulator. Love that. And then I'm going to ask
3: you questions about, like, how much you know about, like, reproductive organs. That's funny. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch of people good. that are going to want to try it. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll smoke, though, so you can at least yeah. feel a little bit better. Oh, you'll better. feel so much more <laughs> if you smoke. Oh, no. Oh, oh maybe not. It's like Take a shower. I want like, put it on my head. <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, all right. You guys want to um, tell people what they can follow you?
3: Yeah, um, you can follow us. We have a website at www.puebloprochoice.com. All of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, are at Pueblo Pro Choice. Do you guys have any closing statements? Hmm.
4: <laughs> no, thank you for having us on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. We really appreciate you giving us the space to kind of talk about some, some shit. Get into it, <laughs>
0: yeah. We could always talk about some shit here,
4: and I look forward to this. The period simulator, it's gonna be a good time, yeah.
3: If anyone yeah. else wants to do it too, like, we're down, I'll bring alcohol to like wipe it off. Oh, nice! Sure
4: oh, we're not
0: worried about germs, you know. Okay. Well,
4: they <laughs> get less sticky.
0: Yeah. Oh, they get less sticky with the more people use it
4: with the skin. Oh, yeah, but if you wipe them down, it's yeah, okay. Like
1: mm.
0: All right, respect, we'll try it out. All right, guys, street champs.